All of the world's questions are answered in one book. Everything you have ever needed to know or will ever need to know during this life's journey are answered in one single book, the secret book of answers, commonly known as the Holy Bible. There is an ancient key that will open this book of secrets. It's found in the ear. God is the Word. He's the God of words. John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Revelation 19, 13 speaks of Christ and says, And His name is called the Word of God. Everything is made out of words, including you and I. It should be no surprise that the ear is central to Revelation. The book will not open unless the ear is bowed down in surrender. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen: Bow down thine ear, and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. Luke chapter 8, verse 18, Jesus said, Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. The late evolutionary icon Carl Sagan was reported to have mused that if God had indeed authored the Bible, then its very first book, Genesis, should make some profound declarations. The students of the Scriptures scratch their heads in disbelief, bewilderment, and amazement. Mr. Sagan's ear was not bowed down. All the answers to the world's questions flow from the secret book when the ear is bowed down. Answers to questions that academics labor over and are befuddled by are so easily found and so readily established as correct by so many credible third-party attestations, it's jaw-dropping. Some of these hard questions include, how did the earth, its universe, and life itself begin? Why is the earth filled with violence, suffering, and death? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? How can I have a life filled with promise? How do I defeat fear and depression? How can one be free from alcohol, drug, and sex addictions? Is there such a thing as devil possession? And if so, how does one cast them out? How does one become equal with the angels? How should one handle a deathbed experience? The question of questions is, how can I live forever? It all starts at the place Jesus Christ calls born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again is the place where you repent and turn from your sins, believing on the shed blood of Jesus Christ to wash you clean. You are most literally born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. This place born again is where your promise of eternal life begins. All of your questions get answers here. At this point of ear bowed down, the secrets begin to flow. Have you yet to be born again? Follow me in this simple prompt and it will happen today. Follow me in this simple prompt and all your sin and shame will be forgiven and forgotten. Follow me and all of Satan's bondages will be broken no matter how formidable. Today, everything begins anew for you. Here we go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Luke 8, verse 18, Take heed, therefore, 
how ye hear. God said, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 26 through 28. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Man said, Yes, we're willing to believe and defend the nonsensical because the alternative of God and his Bible is unthinkable. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature 1025 that will once again certify the perfect inerrancy of God's holy book. All of these powerful faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and as a platform from which to convince the gainsayer. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Take advantage of five highly beneficial and convenient God Said, Man Said digital options. Number one, subscribe to the God Said, Man Said podcast from your electronic device and receive a new feature each week. Number two, sign up for the God Said, Man Said weekly broadcast and fresh bread will be emailed to you, God willing, every Thursday eve. You may also download nearly 414 hours of God Said, Man Said features to your electronic device directly from the website. Listen to one every day. Three, follow God Said, Man Said on Facebook and Instagram and give your social media feed the fresh bread it needs. Four, you have questions? God has answers. Type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from Adam and Eve to quantum physics. Number five. Use the tell-a-friend feature above to send a message to someone you love. It's so quick and easy. Thank you for coming. May the peace of God that passes understanding be your portion. Unbelievers of all stripes cannot afford for the Bible to be the inerrant and perfect word of the God who created all, because if it's true, they have hell to pay. If it is true, and it is, much of their life in time and treasure, has been squandered in the pursuit of unbelief. When reading the scientific periodicals and textbooks and then being exposed to the electronic media's hyped-up soundbites, one would think that the scientific community at large is on board. But that's far from true. The book titled Evolutionists Say the Oddest Things, with the subhead, Surprising Admissions from Leading Scientists, tells some of the inside story. This book was edited by Lita Cosner and published by Creation Book Publishers. Various quotes follow for your perusal. Michael Sharmer, founder of Skeptic Magazine and executive director of the Skeptic Society, had this to say in Scientific American in 2002. Third, because of language, we are also storytelling, myth-making primates, with scientism as the foundational stratum of our story, and scientists are the premier myth-makers of our time. Richard Lee Wanton, professor of biology, and Alexander Agassiz, professor of zoology, both at Harvard, in the uh, New York Review of Books. 
Our willingness to accept scientific claims that are against common sense is the key to an understanding of the real struggle between science and the supernatural. We take the side of science in spite of the patent absurdity of some of its constructs, in spite of its failure to fulfill many of its extravagant promises of health and life, in spite of the tolerance of the scientific community for unsubstantiated just-so stories, because we have a prior commitment, a commitment to materialism. It is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept the material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are forced by our a priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations, no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. Thomas Nagel, professor of philosophy and law at New York in the book, The Last Word. I am talking about something much deeper, namely the fear of religion itself. I speak from experience being strongly subject to this fear myself. I want atheism to be true and am made uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent and well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief. It's that I hope there is no God. I don't want there to be a God. I don't want the universe to be like that. Henry G., chief science writer for Nature, a Ph.D. in zoology, writing in an article for the Free Press. Fossils are never found with labels or certificates of authenticity. You can never know that the fossil bone you might dig up in Africa belonged to your direct ancestors or anyone else's. The attribution of ancestry does not come from the fossil. It can only come from us. Fossils are mute. Their silence gives us unlimited license to tell their stories for them, which usually take the form of chains of ancestry and descent. Such tales are sustained more in our own minds than in reality and are informed and conditioned by our own prejudices, which tell us not what really happened, but what we think ought to have happened. The late Stephen Jay Gould of Harvard University in an article for Paleobiology. The absence of fossil evidence for intermediary stages between major transitions in organic design, indeed, our inability, even in our imagination, to construct functional intermediaries in many cases has been a persistent and nagging problem for gradualistic accounts of evolution. End of quote. Today's Big Bang Theory is evolution's latest answer to where we come from. According to scientists, the Big Bang was basically an explosion out of nothing. It should be noted that this theory is not without more de- a major descent from within its own ranks. Again, from evolutionists say the oddest things. Most people have heard of the expression, the Big Bang. Its usage is so prevalent among mainstream scientists and the media that it has become the accepted fact for how the universe began. However, there are an increasing number of secular scientists who are skeptical of this theory of cosmic evolution, and much of their skepticism has been caused 
excuse me, by increasing discoveries that fly in the face of Big Bang Theory. In May 2004, an open letter to the scientific community, signed by dozens of secular scientists, was advertised in the renowned New Scientist. At the time of the writing this article, the total number of scientists signing the letter, who are skeptical of the Big Bang, has increased to over 400, end of quote. How does secular science support their theory of evolution when the odds of the universe and its life forms just appearing out of nothing are so astronomically against it? The answer is time and chance. As microbiology and other scientific disciplines dig deeper, the odds of creation without a creator become unspeakable. But speak with confidence, they do. A major part of the foundation of their unbelief is the theory of uniformitarianism, which asserts that, in regard to the Earth's history, the present is the key to the past. According to this theory, the geology of the Earth basically moves along at a steady, uniform, and predictable pace. Uniformitarianism allows scientists to simply measure what they see and extrapolate backwards. However, two colossal things happened that no one would call uniform. One, the first big problem the uniformitarian would encounter is creation itself. If the evolutionists came upon Adam 15 minutes after his creation, evolutionists would assume history where there was none. If they had looked at the earth, the assumption of billions of years would similarly be made, but the reality would be that the earth was just six days old. On this website, God's creation is certified hundreds of times and beyond any reasonable doubt. Evolutionist unbelief assumes history and there was none. No one would label creation as uniform. Number two. The Bible declares a global catastrophic flood in the days of Noah nearly 4,500 years ago. With the exception of the ark's occupants, this flood destroyed every creature that had the breath of life in its nostrils and removed them from the face of the earth. No one would call this event uniform. There are fish fossils on top of every mountain peak in the world. There is flood strata encompassing three-quarters of the world's surface. Nearly all fossils have been found to be buried by water action. Nearly 500 ancient non-biblical societal accounts say yes to God's judgment, and geologists know that today's water levels are 300 to 400 feet higher than in ancient times. No one would call this uniform. It's unbelief, not facts, that make up the foundation of these theories. Evolution in its long ages is a debunked issue, yet the unbelievers must cling to it at all costs. To highlight this, we go back to evolutionists say the oddest things. Nick Petford, vice chancellor of the University of Northampton, an expert in mag, magma, excuse me, magmatic systems and volcanology, Alexander Cruden, Department of Geology, University of Toronto, Ken McCaffrey, Department of Geological Sciences, University of Durham, and Jean-Louise Vigorezzi, Faculty of Sciences and Technologies, University of Lorraine, in Nature, issue 408 in 2000 on granite magma formation, transport, and placement in the Earth's crust. This is what all of these fellows had to say. Dynamic models that operate on time scales of months to centuries are replacing the once prevailing view of granitic magma production 
as a slow equilibrium process that requires millions of years for completion. John Clemens, professor in the Department of Earth Science at Stellenbosch University, in excerpts from Proceedings of the Geologist Association for 2005. Experimental data on crystallization uh, rates suggest that many large crystals observed in granitic rocks could have grown in a matter of hours, certainly no more than a few tens of years. Granitic plutonium is another example of a phenomenon that has commonly been considered a slow process taking millions of years to complete. The long-cherished picture of granite diapers slowly pushing their way toward the upper crust and grinding to a halt by solidification has been replaced with an altogether different picture of narrow feeder dikes punching their way upwards in months, pulsing with magma and feeding rapidly growing plutons. In fact, just about everything that was taught as recently as 10 years ago about granitic magmatism has been turned on its head. Obvious truth is rarely as obvious as one thinks. Simon Kelly, professor of isotope geochemistry, Department of Earth Sciences, Open University, United Kingdom, writes in an abstract in Nature. Conventional wisdom says that changes in crustal rocks push down deep when continents collided and develop over millions of years. But it seems that some metamorphosis may be caused by tectonic events lasting only a decade. Max Coleman, emeritus professor in the Department of Geography and Environmental Science at the University of Reading, giving this statement in the Eastern Daily Press. Without any regard to the laws of geology, mud on the marsh is hardening into stone in a few years rather than the thousands it usually takes. Freshman spending a week up to his neck in a muddy ditch in the marsh, Professor Coleman said the rock was forming faster than anybody had ever believed possible with one stone creating itself in just six months. They often contain beautifully preserved fossils where the detail of the soft flesh of the creature is caught as well as the bone is it had not time to rot before the rock formed around it. Ralph Finley, the journalist who covered the 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens in the U.S. and former assistant editor of National Geographic, authored a May 2000 article revisiting that event. Spilling from the crater, Lewitt Falls reshapes the north slope of the Mount St. Helens volcano. You'd expect a hard rock canyon to be thousands, even hundreds of thousands of years old, said Peter Frenzen, monument scientist for the United States Forest Service, but this was cut in less than a decade. Fred Pierce, author, journalist, and science writer, published the following account of the newly formed island of Circe in New Scientist, feature, uh, excuse me, volume 189 in 2006. Early one November morning in 1963, a fissure opened in the bed of the Atlantic Ocean about 30 kilometers south of Iceland. Red hot magma pushed up through the cracks in the Earth's crust and icy cold ocean water poured down into it. Over three more years of intermittent eruptions, an island formed and solidified above the waves before the eyes of an astonished world. Even as early as Circe's first spring in 1964, when scientists first tentatively set foot on the new island, they discovered it was no longer barren. 
The best joke is that there are already fossils on Circe. It seems that the remains of mollusks and other creatures sealed into sedimentary rocks on the seabed were blasted into the air during the great explosions and helped build up the new island. The island has excited geographers who marveled at canyons, gullies, and other land features that typically take tens of thousands or millions of years to form were created in less than a decade. John A. Eddy, astrophysicist and solar astronomer at the High Altitude Observatory in Boulder, Colorado, in an interview by Geo Times, there is no evidence based solely on solar observations, Eddy stated, that the sun is point, uh, four, uh, excuse me, 4.5 to 5 times 10 to the ninth power years old. I suspect, he said, that the sun is 4.5 billion years old. However, given some new and unexpected results to the contrary and some time for frantic recalculation and theoretical readjustment, I suspect that we could live with Bishop Usher's value for the age of the earth and sun. I don't think we have much in the way of observational evidence and astronomy to conflict with that. End of quotes. Bishop Usher's dating places the age of the earth and its sun at just over 6,000 years. Their vacuous theories of unbelief are truly delusional. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 through 12. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Why do their delusional positions sound so impossible as in life evolved from a mysterious primordial warm puddle where inert matter formed out of nothing spawning replicable life? Why do their delusional positions sound so absurd as in your first cousin is a mushroom? Why do their delusional positions sound so stupid as in the ultimate free lunch occurred? There was a big bang, and out of basically nothing, the earth, sun, moon, and all the stars and planets formed along with you and me. We just popped into existence. Why do their delusional positions sound so impossible, absurd, and stupid? Because they are impossible, absurd, and stupid. Saints, settle it in your heart. God's word is true and righteous altogether, all the time. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Luke Chapter 8, verse 18, Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. God said, 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 28, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, 
and base things of the world, and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. Man said, Yes, we're willing to believe and defend the nonsensical, because the alternative of God and His Bible is unthinkable. Now you have the record.